As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Today's episode of Pip Panther Rants and Other Sportsman's Podcast is brought to you by The Sports Drink. Your digital water cooler. It's a, you know, it's a newly created internet community. Tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and you can type in at sportsdrink. You know, it's sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is to close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Welcome into a Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. Vlad Harris, your host. Brought to you by the Sports Drink, of course. And, um... Yes, on Saturday, your Pitt Panthers were victorious. They defeated Western Michigan 34-13. And it was, um, the whole thing uh, was interesting. I mean, going into the, um, well, first of all, according to Pat Narduzzi, this game this game was personal for Pitt. Which um, kind of irritated the hell out of me, mainly because... You know, we, this team last year lost two winnable games, and that's something they should really take them personal. So, I mean, with, with, you know, with our, with, you know, you've already lost to Tennessee. You're barely hanging on the poles. So, I just don't see why this game would be so personal now. But that's just me being a cynical, negative Nancy, I guess you can say. But at the end of the day, whatever works for Pat Narduzzi. And Pitt, and also we had a a change of quarterback. It was a game time decision, as you all know. Um, Pitt opted for uh, Nate Yarnell, so we got to see nasty nasty Nate play. And you know he was not a twelve hundred seventy nine yards, one touchdown, zero picks, a three point eight QB rating. Not too bad. Um, on the side of Western Michigan, this was supposed to be some sort of uh, revenge game for Jack Selapek because supposedly uh, he was looking to commit the pit, but then pit changed coordinators. They went from uh, Sean Watson to Mark Whipple, which, you know, I guess seeing how Jack played, I guess that was a good thing. Jack was 6 of 18 for 99 yards. 8.3 QB rating. Um, he had three picks. Whereas, I guess, receiver Anthony Sambucci. You know, one of these days I'm going to figure out this whole ESPN autoplay crap. Uh, yeah, he had one. He was one on one for 31 yards and a touchdown and no picks. 
I don't know. Maybe Western Michigan should have put the wide receiver at uh, quarterback. Because Jack looked pretty bad. And, of course, you know, the pit defense really jacked them up. You know. What, what is that? What was it? Uh, CSI Miami where uh, Horatio puts on his glasses. You know, I guess you could say he was jacked up. And they go, yeah. You know, like on, uh, what was it? Yeah, well, what, song, what song was it? The Who, I guess? Well, let's, let's figure Let's find that. Ah, yes, David Caruso. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Oh, let's try this. Drive by Miami style. I don't think so. You don't spend $1,000 on clothes that you're never going to wear. A hundred people throwing golf balls at the site of death. Those odds are very slim, aren't they? So the question becomes, Alex, was the mob sent to draw us to the crime scene? Or sent to destroy it? Speaking of that, we had what, what did we have? We had CSI Miami, we had CSI New York. CSI New York had um, the guy who played Lieutenant Dan. Who was that? Of course, he has a band too, as well. Let's see, who was that? Ah, yes, Mac Taylor. Uh, that was the it was played by oh, Gary Sinise. That was the guy. Then he had Stella, which was played by Point Park's own Melina Cancaritas. Uh, Melina actually, when I graduated Point Park in 2002, she actually spoke at her commencement. You know, it was funny because we were all like, all, all the IT business people were there, and people really didn't acknowledge the whole IT business part of um It was all about the acting and whatever not. Yeah, we had, I mean, uh, what other ones were there? CSIs. There were C- I mean, I know the two big ones were I mean, New York. When did they stop making those? I think it was after, yeah, they, it was 2013, 2014, because they uh, it, it stopped. Because you had, you had those two. You had um, NCIS. There was NCI, NCIS Los Angeles, I remember. That's, it looks like that's still going on. Yeah, it goes to show you know you know how much I pay attention. Hawaii Five O went on for ten years. I'm surprised that lasted ten years. To be honest with you, I wasn't really into it. I remember there was a hospital show called Three Three Rivers that um, was supposed to be the next best thing after. Um, well, there was private practice. There was Scrubs, ER. I'm sure there's one I'm forgetting about that everybody knows about. Oh, Grey's Anatomy, yeah. I think there was a... I think a girl I dated at one time that... Um, a Grey's Anatomy was supposed to... Um, a Grey's Anatomy was on, I couldn't bother her. You know, I couldn't go on a date with her, no, nothing. You know, it was... She had to watch ER. Oh, we can't forget Criminal, criminal Minds. And what was funny was I was looking at some of these... Because I was looking for the guy who played in Criminal Minds, but I knew he played in Airheads. And I'm looking at the cast of Airheads. I mean, first of all, you got Brendan Fraser, you got Steve Buscemi, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. Judd Nelson played Jimmy Wink? I didn't realize that was Judd Nelson, but the way he looks, of course, 
you know, he was also in uh, New Jack City as well. So I can see the, you know, Ernie Hudson, you know, the guy who was in Ghostbusters, he was in it. The guy plays Milo. Michael McKean was in a bunch of stuff. I mean, there was a whole, I mean, Dave Arquette was in this. Uh, the guy who played Ian from, uh, you know, the radio station. Joe Mantegna, the guy who, you know, he was in Criminal Minds. There was a whole, uh, yeah, there was a a cast of characters in this. I went from uh, Talking Pit, Western Michigan, to David Arquette, or um, what's his face? David Crusoe quotes and CSI Miami, the cop shows, to talking about the cast of Airheads. It's pretty much what you're going to get when you when you listen to my podcast as I really go way off the mark. It's what happens when you have a short attention span. But let's take a look at the uh, overall for Pitt in Western Michigan. Pitt Dalme with 23 first downs, the Western Michigan's 10. Despite playing a third string and a, um, having a very uh, conservative um, play-calling system, Pitt passed for more yards, had a better completion percentage. And, of course, one of the big stats, Pitt ran for 238 yards on the ground, which was the which was a big thing because Pitt was going to need to be able to run the ball and control the clock, which they did, and, of course, play defense. They did lose one fumble, but they picked off. It cost three turnovers. I mean, they were really on the ball this time. But if we look at the, the rushing stats, let's see here. Izzy Abacanana, he ran for... 133 yards on 31 carries with a touchdown. It wasn't looking good for him in the beginning because they were teeing off on him, but eventually things opened up because they, well, they had to open up the offense somehow because, you know, eventually they did, eventually they did let, you know, Yarnell throw the ball because they had no choice that matter because Western Michigan was starting to get in the end zone. Well, not really. I mean, Pitt was up, uh, Pitt was up at one point, twenty to um, yeah. Pitt went up twenty to six, and then Western Michigan just woke up and scored. And I guess Pitt kind of realized, oh shit, they scored. We got like striking in the end zone. Oh, and of course ESPN's gonna play the clip. Yeah, Pitt Pitt bit pretty bad on that one. And let me turn the sound off again because this is gonna piss me off. But, you know, Pitt eventually woke up and realized, okay, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to throw the ball here. And that opened up the run a little bit. And Vincent Davis, who hasn't seen much time, A3, A3 yards, 11 carries, good for Vincent. Sebo Flamester, 28 yards on four carries. I mean, can't go wrong there. I mean, you know, you're without Ronnie Hammond, and that's that. Jared Wayne had three catches for 94 yards, but he's injured. Not sure if he's going to be playing for Rhode Island. I mean, Gavin Bartholomew, one catch, 37 yards. Kanata had three catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. Bob Beans had one catch for 18. I mean, overall, the receivers did their job. You know, their, 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 their number wasn't called much. But when they did, they did it. Obviously, there's still some woes on special teams with, you know, Ben Sauce was still Ben Sauce was two for three from field goal range. Uh, at least, you know, he, he was four for four extra points. Our punting, it, I mean, I, I'm kind of concerned about our punting, but, you know. But as far as the, um, 
As far as the rest of the team goes, the injury bug has been has been you know has been biting them. Dale and Hayes is supposedly out for the year, and, and there's a lot more than that. You know, Pat's pretty mum on injuries, but the Dale Hayes one, you know, he, he's missing the season, which kind of which really sucks. I mean, Pitt was deep on defense, and now they're just they're thin right now. Offensively, it's been pretty bad as well. But if we're looking at him, you know, Keon Slovis was out. That looks like he'll be cleared to play um, against Rhode Island. Nick Patty's ankle injury seems to be more long-term. Jerry Wayne obviously may not be back for, for Rhode Island. So good, there's a possibility for that. Uh, Ronnie Hammond's been out. And, you know, he ankle sprained there, but... Um, then you had Owen Drexel, Nate Temple, Habuk Baldonado, Desmond Alexander, Devin Danielson, Marquise Williams left the game. And, of course, Dion Hayes. So Pitts being bit by injury bug, and some people are blaming strength and conditioning. I'm, I'm not sure if you can just blame strength and conditioning for these things. I think it's just, you know, Pitt last year, one thing that really helped Pitt last year was the fact they didn't have, they weren't bit by, you know, injuries so much. You know, Kenny Pickett was healthy the entire year. They had Jordan Addison pretty much. The only issue, the only, the only uh, you know, person they really missed was uh, Taysier Mack. I mean, he was hurt. But luckily, we still had a Blenikoff winner. And, of course, Jer- we had Jaron Wayne. And, of course, we had Gavin Bartholomew. We had guys who can make, you know, we were pretty much deep on offense. And on top of that, we had two decent, two really good running backs. I think I've pretty much narrowed all that down. So it's, you know, it's hard to say what's going to happen. But obviously this Rhode Island game, let's hope we treat this as more of a getting these guys rested. I mean, obviously we want to put these guys out early and so we can rest the players. And of course, Rhode Island's on noon kickoff. How fun. On the ACC network. Then they got Georgia Tech the next week. In that case, I hope. You know, Pitt has a chance to be 4 and 1. And then they got a pretty tough schedule ahead of them. They got, well, they, they got two weeks. Well, they got Virginia Tech after that, and then they have two weeks off for Louisville. They have two, of course, they're at Louisville with two road games. But the Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, they're at home. But with Keon out, if he's out, I mean, if he does get hurt, I do feel a lot better about the quarterback situation. I rather, I mean, no offense, to Nick Patty, but I rather just, I rather see Nate Yarnell in there than him. I mean, he just, I mean, despite the the, the conservative play calling, it seemed like he was just more prepared. He knew. He knew what he was doing. I don't have my picks in front of me. Let's see here. Did I even save my picks? Let me see here. Notepad. Run. Notepad. Let's see. Did I save them? Nine, ten. I might have saved them. Let me see. I probably didn't. I'm not going back to my podcast and listen to them, but I'm sure they're pretty bad, to say the least. 
Yeah, they're, they're yeah, that I understand them. But I did. I remember I did have Louisville covering against Florida State. They lost straight five thirty one. I think I had a game going under. I had a game going under too. I remember that was a disaster as well. It was it, it turned to a high scoring game. Clemson Hammer, Louisiana Tech. I'm not sure what the spread on that game was, but they won by 28. I think the spread was 28. I'm not, I'm not going back to, to listen to it. Texas A&M defeated Miami. This was a surprising one because I thought Miami would come. You know, this was supposed to be the rise of the U with Tyler Van Dyke. A&M was, you know, and Miami lost. In fact, Texas A&M was a minus six for this game, which is kind of surprising. Well, not surprising. No, I guess the, I guess Vegas knew what they were doing because not that A&M won, but they covered. Yeah, gotta love, gotta love Vegas. NC State defeated Texas Tech. I think I had Texas Tech winning that, or at least covering. I'm not sure what the spread that game was. Let me see. Texas Tech, NC State. NC State was a minus 10 and a half, and they, they covered. Yeah, I hope nobody took my gambling advice, because holy shit. Yeah, same with Wake Forest. I know I know I had Wake covering for sure. And they barely beat Liberty, 37-36. I thought Sam Hartman would go out. Well, he, he had a good, looked like he had a good game, but, yep. Ole Miss destroyed Georgia Tech, which was a no-brainer. In fact, what with Ole Miss... GT buddy line. Uh, Rebels were a 17 point favorite. Not a, not a surprise there. Be, uh, the Hokies beat Vaughn for 27 7. Syracuse defeated Purdue 32 29. I watched that game. Uh, Syracuse, that's a big win for them. They may cause some noise. Because, you know, you know, as Pitt fans, we always pencil Syracuse as a win. And. Luckily, we get them at home this year, but that's going to be a tough one. Like, I mean, if Syracuse beats Virginia, because UVA, UVA is a total mess right now, they can beat them and Wagner. They're going to, they may end up ranked going into uh, playing NC State. So they're, that's looking really good. Uh, Virginia and Old Dominion, UVA beat Old Dominion 16 14. Not, again, don't schedule Dominion, but Virginia got away with that one. Duke defeats North Carolina A&T, 49-20. Not sure what to think of Duke right now, but they're they're 3-0. Boston College finally gets the W column. W they beat Maine, 38-17. Now, for the rest of the top 25, Georgia obviously hammered South Carolina. Ohio State destroyed Toledo. UConn lost to Michigan 59 nothing, So, yeah, it wasn't basketball. I think I had Nebraska covering against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma just destroyed Nebraska. Or maybe I had an Oklahoma covering. I'm not sure. But either way, whatever. USC defeats Fresno State. I watched that game, and I don't know, but USC just has a high-powered offense. Well, you know, Fresno was moving the ball. It just... I think USC's weakness is obviously their defense. That's going to be an Achilles heel for them. Oklahoma State defeats Arkansas Pine Bluff. So I'm going through the rest of these. 
I have Michigan State that being Washington convincingly in Wazoo with uh, with Indiana transfer Michael Penix. They went 39-28. I have BYU being Oregon and somehow somehow Oregon won that one 41-20. That was a shocker to me. I mean, yeah, this was a weird this is why I don't gamble. Uh let's see the rest of these picks. No. Penn State defeated Auburn 41-12. And as you all know, Penn State's in the top 15 now with that win. I had Penn State. Actually, I had Penn State. That was one game I had Penn State, you know, I had them covering because I just thought Auburn sucked. And they did. They were pretty bad. Now, moving on from college football, NFL happened. The Steelers lost to the Patriots. Um, you know, I kind of forgot that the collective IQ of uh, Steelers fans on Twitter is pretty bad. As I made a, uh, a sarcastic joke, and I guess the person got upset about it. But I did see people, I guess they're, they're, they're supposedly tweeting a Bill Cowher quote about Mitch, about Mitch Trubisky. And I, I, there was one person giving Coward credit for, for Mike Tomczak. And Bill Coward had a roster where he should have been to the Super Bowl at least three times. And his issue is quarterback. I mean, Neil wasn't bad. Neil got us the two uh, AFC title games. We showed with the two Super Bowls. I don't know how we lost to the Chargers, but we did. We almost lost to the Colts. I mean, we did win that game, but we almost lost. I mean, we just, we underperformed in those games. And then, you know, O'Donnell left after the 95 season. We were going to go with Jim Miller. That didn't work out. We gave Cordell a chance, and that was pretty bad. And then we ended up with Mike Tomczak. Tom Zag was a career backup, and pretty much, if you watched him play that year in, in, 90, in 1996, you could see why he was a backup. That he pretty much is a backup. And people always argue that Cower was left. You know, Cower left Tom Zag a really good, really good roster, which he did. Let's be honest. He did. I mean, he left them Ben, Palomalu, and whatnot. But Cowher had, you know, Cowher had a really good defense. He was left. A really good offensive line on top of that. I mean, Chuck Noll left Bill Cowher some, you know, a lot of really good players. I mean, he left them Greg Lloyd and he left them Greg Lloyd, Rod Woodson, Carter Lake for, for crying out loud. Darmani Dawson, you know. John Jackson, I mean, he left him a really good roster that he could build around. So, I mean, let's be honest. But uh, watching the game itself, offensively, they just don't look great at all. I mean, they don't seem to be challenging the other team's defense. I mean, they're not throwing the ball downfield. I mean, it's like they're afraid to do anything. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's been in the league for a Lord knows how long. I mean, if you're afraid of him throwing down the field or whatnot, then probably you should exercise some other options. 
I don't know, that's just me. But uh, on the plus side, everybody else in the AFC North lost. That's a good sign. I mean, the defense did all they could. Um, towards the end, though, they just couldn't get off the field. You know, you know, defense worn down. I mean, if you're, you know, it happens. And plus, you know, I mean, the fact that I mean they were playing without one of their best players. But yeah, that's just that. I mean, there's not much else to talk about. I mean, there, I mean, well, let's not forget about keep. Um, we can't forget about keep Brown Hayes. About what he did, I guess, middle of the play, he was pulling out sunflower seeds. And I think what's kind of odd is they're making this whole Pirates issue about him now. When really, you know, the Pirates have been hot garbage now for a few years now. And, you know, what he did was not, it's not, it's not the reason why the Pirates are trash right now. I mean... It's like, you know, it's almost like you're working, it's like, you, you know, it's almost like you're working for a failing company and they're saying, oh yeah, make sure you're clocking into your time, time, time expense report on time. I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to spend too much energy on it, but I just thought that was, you know, but oh well. Anyways, guys, I'm done here. You guys have a great week. If I am podcast later this week, hell to pit. Talk to you later. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.